Welcome on this good day that the Lord has made. I'm Joel Van Hoogen, and this is the Bread of Life. Our program is presented by the International Disciple Making Ministry, Church Partnership Evangelism. I encourage you to learn more about the amazing work we're doing all around the world. Just go to traincpe.org. And to learn more about our missions fellowship in Boise, Idaho, go to breadoflifeboise.org. It's from that fellowship that we share with you God's Word. As a bit of a review from the last couple of broadcasts, I remind you that we are discussing the nature of gospel ministry. This is a ministry that every Christian should be engaged in. We should have a desire to minister the gospel to other Christians so that they may flourish in all that Jesus holds in store for them. And we should also desire to bring this gospel to those who have never believed in order that they may begin to live in the eternal benefits only our Lord Jesus can provide to them. Now in Romans chapter 1 verses 11 through 15, Paul shares with us that he has an internal push to this gospel ministry. He longs to be with people in order that he might impart to them this ministry, and that he also has an external duty to this gospel. He says that he's a debtor to all, and therefore Paul says he is ready to preach the gospel. He is ready for gospel ministry. It's that readiness that will be the focus of our lesson today. How can we be ready to share the gospel. Know that you have something to offer another. Know that you have something to offer another. Paul knows he has something to offer others. He knows he has this grace of the Spirit resting upon his life, and in it he feels the authority to carry that to others. He knows what he has. He knows what he has to offer. He knows it's something of his fullness, something of its blessing, and as a result, he knows that he has something that others need. Know what that is. Realize that you have an advantage of grace to give to others. Be like Paul and know that you're not ministering out of some kind of deficit. He was ministering out of his fullness. Oftentimes, I've given this advice to young individuals that are hoping to get married, and my advice simply is this. Listen, if you're looking for somebody and you find somebody and you decide, well, I need that person. I need them to be whole in my life. They fulfill some missing component of my life, don't marry them. Don't put that burden on them. They won't be able to fulfill it. They will fail in it, and at some point in time, you'll be unsatisfied with them. Find all of your fullness and all of your completeness and all of your wholeness in Jesus Christ. Find yourself complete and content in Jesus before everything else, and then when you know that, should God will and God lead you and God prompt you, find a mate that you can share that fullness and that completeness with. Pour that out upon them. That's what a Christian marriage, a gospel marriage is supposed to look like, but that's kind of what a gospel ministry is supposed to look like as well. We come before individuals to bring to them and share with them the completeness that we found in Jesus Christ. We have life in His Spirit. We have grace from God, and we walk before them in that spirit and in that life, and our message starts with this knowledge of what we have. We have life through Jesus, and we know it. Know what you have. Know what you have. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15. Let me read to you his words. This actually illustrates this point I want to make to you. There, Peter says, But in your hearts, and I'm reading from the New International Version, But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone 
who ask you to give the reason for the hope that you have. Do you see there? You have something. You have a reverent relationship with Jesus Christ as the Lord of your life, and you have a reason and understanding of the gospel by which you've been saved. So start with knowledge and be clear on the knowledge of your salvation. Know that you've been saved and you've been saved in Jesus Christ alone. Know it's not by your works or by your labor or by your effort. Know that it's nothing you accomplished in yourself but something that was freely given to you. Know that God worked in your life repentance and God worked in your life faith and God gave you this free gift through Jesus alone. I was uh, years ago in Venezuela and I was working with an individual who was a lawyer and he was very quick to communicate with individuals. We had done a training with these lay people and then we decided to go out to a village where they knew, had some friends and family member outside of the city of Caracas. He came with me and we met about three different families. We teach a really significant dialogue that takes place. We believe the Spirit of God is working ahead of us. He's working in people's lives that in order to share the gospel with them, it's important that we're respectful of them and we ask them questions that would reveal the common grace of God or the prevenient or calling grace of God in their life that God has put in them. They can't know it naturally. It's not their natural theology. It's what the Spirit of God is doing when he contends with all people, convicting them of sin and righteousness and judgment. Now, if that's the case, then they have something to tell us. So let's ask questions and let's listen to them. And, and you know, if you ever got a good gospel conversation, it, it should, instead of just a monologue, which sometimes we do when we're nervous, we just get up and try to talk as fast as we can and hopefully we can get our gospel points in before they turn us off. But if you ask them and you listen, well, the conversation can go on for quite a while. It should last for at least an hour or so. And so we engage in those kinds of conversations. And he was very adept at it and doing a wonderful job. And I was just backing up, praying for him. Then we went to the home of a woman who is dying of a brain tumor. She was on a mat and a bed, and her sister and daughter were leaning in through the door that was outside in the home that she lived in, listening to everything. Actually, as we were asking the questions, she didn't have the power to respond or dialogue at all, but I could see that the sister wanted to talk about it, and the daughter wanted to talk about it. But I could also see that she didn't have the bandwidth or the power or the energy because of what was happening in her life physically to even absorb what was being said. So I turned and I, I said to the brother I was working with, hey, listen, I got an idea. Why don't you go outside and sit on the sidewalk with the daughter, an older woman herself, and with her sister, and why don't you carry this dialogue on with them? And let me just have a little time with the woman alone. So he went out and I remained in this little room with the woman and with his wife who translated for me. And I simply asked her, I know that you don't have a long time to live. Do you understand that? Yes, she said. I want to tell you what Jesus has done for you and what he's done to provide for your life and your future. You know, he knows all of the sins in your life. And he's come to earth and he lived a sinless life, but he went to the cross and he died on the cross to take the punishment that your sin deserves. Everything you've ever done wrong, he paid for at the cross. Do you understand that? Yes. He's done this so that if you believe in him and trust in him, you don't have to do any work yourself to save yourself. You just tell him you're a sinner and ask him to give you this free gift that he accomplished on the cross and you'll be forgiven and you'll be clean. And Jesus has demonstrated the power to forgive you because after dying for you, he rose again from the grave and he went to heaven. And he said that he's coming again for everyone who will believe and trust in him and take them to be with him in heaven. Do you understand that? Yes. 
Would you like to be forgiven of all your sins through Jesus Christ? Yes. Are you ready to acknowledge that you need this gift, only this gift for your salvation? Yes. Let's pray together. That's the gospel. That's the hope. We know we have it. We share it with others. The situation may change, but it's something like that. You've got to know it. You've got to know you had it for yourself. Paul did. And he was ready, as a result, to share it with others. Here's the other thing Paul says. It's not only knowing what you have to share, knowing that you have this answer, but you also have to be ready in this way. You have to be ready to present it and share it in the right manner, in the right way. And so, not only do you know what you have to offer individuals, but number two, you need to share this in a gentle and respectful manner. In 1 Peter chapter 3, again, verse 15, let's read the whole verse. It says, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord, always being prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. I want to repeat the first sentence that I gave you at the beginning of this message. Our lives before people would be dramatically changed if we were to live always carrying out gospel ministry. The words that we share with them, we have to know. But before the words, a manner of speaking them has to go with us. Gentleness and respect. Here's the manner in which you come before your neighbor. Here's the manner in which you're to come before your workmate or your employees or your boss or your children or your spouse. Here's the manner in which we're to come before one another. Here's the manner in which we bring gospel ministry to one another and gospel ministry to people who don't know Jesus Christ. Here is to be the defining manner of our lives, to be ministers of the gospel. Gentleness and respect. What an answer for a strident world in which we live in. What an answer for a community more and more without truth and believing only in the truth of power and influence and of leveraging people and manipulating people to their own ends with empty gestures and words, with bearing it upon others, our ideas, our thoughts, our personage, our emotions, whatever it is, our self-advertisements. Instead, we live before others a life of gentleness, meekness, it says. It's a life absent of self-assertion, but asserting Christ only. And a life of respect, where we communicate to others what we know and what we have freely been given and what they may freely receive. Now, how do we do that? That's even hard sometimes. But Jesus, as we've said before, who is the mediator between God and man, is also the mediator between man and man. Put the Lord Jesus between you and everyone. Go in the grace of the Lord Jesus, in the life of the Lord Jesus, to impart to one another and others the good news of the Lord Jesus. That will revolutionize your relationships with your neighbors. That will revolutionize your relationship with your children and your spouse. That'll revolutionize, revolutionize 
our relationships with one another. Gospel ministry. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for the impulse. I lift my voice now to give praise with those who right now, whether they've answered it, whether they've always obeyed it, thank you for the impulse. Forgive us, O oh God, for frustrating your designs, the innate designs that you've placed in us because of the Spirit of God, that new thing that was birthed in us, that's a part of our very being as your children. To live life in the gospel and to minister that good news to others. Oh, God, help us to be more faithful, more immediately faithful in this manner. And we don't have excuse because our lives are lived with others. And so we always have access to this ministry. And God, may we express it. And thank you as well for sharpening us by your commands. Oh, help us to know the joy of trusting and obeying you in these things. Lord, bring before our minds those who need to know Jesus, who we've thought of and we've prayed for, and you've prompted us to go to them. May we go. May we go knowing the salvation we have in Jesus Christ, incapable of simply expressing it to them. We ask in Jesus' name. Well, thank you for listening to the Ministry of the Bread of Life. To learn more about our ministry, let me suggest you go to one of two websites. Go to traincpe.org to learn more about the work we're doing all over the world to equip and engage the body of Christ in personal evangelism, discipleship, and church planting. Or to learn about our work in your community, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, God bless you.